please open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, Old Testament book, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. And the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned back into a staff in his hand. This said the Lord. This is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The years of the life of Moses are remarkably divided in three forties. The first forty... He spent as a prince in Pharaoh's palace. The second, as a shepherd in Medium. And the third, as a king in Jeshurun. Moses had found refuge in the land of Medium after fleeing from Pharaoh's palace. If you know Moses' life story, you know that... His mother put him in a basket in the Nile River, and then he was raised in the palace by the king's daughter. Uh, He grew up in the palace, but he he grew up in two cultures. He knew he didn't belong there. He knew that he was a Jew, even though he was living in this palace. And one day he saw a Jew and an an Egyptian. Uh, They were... um, in a fight, and he got involved in it, and he killed the Egyptian. And so he flew for his life. He, he fled for his life, excuse me. And he found refuge there in the desert. And there he met somebody. He got married, raised a family. And so that's where he was when the Lord came to talk to him. We must take note that sometimes... Long before God calls us out, he spends time preparing us and molding us for that specific call that he has upon our lives. God invited Moses to join him in what he was getting ready to do. And what an opportunity this was. However, Moses did not say, oh, I am so excited. I'm so glad you came to visit me, and you're calling me to do this great thing. Uh Uh-uh, not at all. I'm paraphrasing. But Moses said, say what? You want me to go to Pharaoh and say to him, let my people go? Who am I to do this? See, the people knew who he was before. And God said, don't worry about it. I will be with you. And the task will be completed. 
and you and your people will worship me. It's that simple. Then Moses asked, well, who shall I say send me? What is your name? And God responded, I am who I am. This name emphasizes God's dynamic and active self-existence, Exodus 3.14. However, Moses was not convinced. So he asked another question. What if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to what I have to say? Five times, Moses tried to excuse himself from God's call. Moses did not think he was worthy of such a call. See, sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. We are children of God. We belong to the creator of the universe. See, he didn't believe he had the courage nor the credibility. He saw himself as a liability while God saw him as a mighty leader. Moses thought that God had made a mistake. He had called the wrong person. Let me tell you, my friends, when God calls us to do whatever it is, he equips us. And God assured Moses that he would be with him. Now, Moses had been consecrated and commissioned by God to lead the Israelites into freedom. But Moses was too worried about Pharaoh and, and his people and their reaction. And instead of putting his eyes on God, he kept his eyes on the situation. He, he believed it, it, it was a huge task. And he was not going to be able to accomplish it. Friends, just like God commissioned Moses to go and to set Israelites, the Israelites free from the Egyptian bondage, God also sent Jesus to set us free. Free from all sins in every area of our lives. And that also includes financial freedom because he cares for us. We tend to separate God from other aspects of our lives, you know, like um, our relationship or our job or finances or our social life. We, we think that God is all about religion. It's just something that we do on Sundays. Sometimes we think that way. And as long as we look pretty and we're there Sunday, then that's okay. But that's, that's not what this is about. This is not about religion. This is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he, when we ask him to come into our heart and become our Savior and our Lord, sometimes we forget. Some people say, well, I'm safe. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm heaven bound. And they leave it there. But there's more to it. He's not just our Savior. He wants to be our Lord. And that Lordship encompasses every area in our lives, including our finances. He cares about what we do 
with everything that he has entrusted to us. You and I experienced two births, physical and spiritual. Through conversion, we are born again. And at that point, through Jesus Christ, we receive access to all that God has in the heavenly places for us. That's what he says in his word. Then that process of regeneration begins in us, in our minds. They need to be renewed, Romans 12, 2, through the word of God. We begin to think and act like Jesus in some areas of our lives. No, in every area of our life. We, we start by recognizing that everything belongs to God, that he is the owner and we are the stewards. As we read in Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. When we begin to walk and in trust and obedience to God, the Holy Spirit begins to release the blessings upon our lives that he has for us because God always honors obedience. God answered Moses' question with a great question. He said to him, what is that in your hand? Well, it was a rod or a staff, depending what version you're reading. And this was a tool used in his trade. It was a symbol of his skills and his talents. All that Moses needed to fulfill his call and trade was in his hand. The rod in Moses' hand is a subject of a double miracle. As we read this morning, when thrown into the ground, it was a snake or a serpent. And when he took it back in his hand, it became a, a, a rod again. This was an honor put on Moses by God without any kind of spells or anything like that. God basically empowered Moses to act under his command. It was a demonstration of God's authority to settle a new dispensation of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of grace. There was a significance in this miracle. Pharaoh had turned the rod of government into a serpent of oppression from which Moses had himself fled into Midian. But by Moses' obedience, the scene was altered again. Let us always remember, my friends, that God never gives a person a task without equipping and providing him or her with the necessary tools to accomplish the task. There are some people who call themselves Christians, but their trust is not on Jesus Christ. Their trust is in their own personal abilities or possessions 
or accomplishments or education. However, ultimately, none of these things can give us meaning. The meaning and fulfillment that you and I need in this life, here and now, can only come from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I know of people that they say, if I can only buy that house, and they work until they buy that house, and then there are issues with their house, and they're still empty. If I can only buy that car. I had someone said the other day, my husband, I don't know, he'll never retire. He can't figure out how many millions he wants to have before he retires. And I thought of that scripture that said, you fool, your life will be taken away from you today. There's nothing wrong with making money. Do not misunderstand me. And some people, God has given them the gift to make money. There's some people that you probably know that you say, wow, every, everything he or she touches turns into gold. That's wonderful. I am just saying that we have to have a balanced life, that we have to follow the rhythm that God created us for. We need to work. We need to make the money. But we also need to keep that Sabbath day. And we also need to use that money according to the principles of God. When we surrender every area of our lives totally to God, not only we are going to be blessed, but those around us are going to be blessed as well. God used the rod of Moses' hand, or in Moses' hand, to perform a great miracle. And it became a powerful instrument in his hand when he yielded to the Lord. What do you have in your hand today? David had a sling. And with that little sling, he was able to destroy a giant. Esther had beauty. And she surrendered to the Lord. And that beauty and obedience saved a nation. Dorcas, in the New Testament, had a needle which dressed many people. The disciples had nets. They surrendered those nets and followed Jesus. And many people were saved. The little boy that attended one of those church, outdoor church meetings to hear Jesus preach. All he had was a few fish and a few pieces of bread. And he surrendered. That's all he had in his hand. But he surrendered. And many were fed. And there was some left over. Because little things become much 
when we place them in the master's hand. What do you have in your hand today? Today, God is not asking us to release what we don't have. Some people think, well, in order for me to give to the Lord, I have to have a lot of money. I have to be very eloquent. I have to be very smart. I no, that's a lie. We all are gifted people. Every one of us has received a, at least one gift from the Holy Spirit or many more. Are you using those gifts in his service? Have you released everything you have to him? He's not asking us to release what we do not have. He's asking us to release what we do have. Use what you have, no matter what it is, and God will do the rest. Today, I'm reminded of a saint of old. Her name was Frances Habergal. She was a child prodigy. She learned to read at the age of three. She mastered about six different languages and music as well. She played the piano. She was a good mountain climber, but at the age of 22, she had a terrible accident that left her in a wheelchair. By then, she had dedicated her life to Jesus and to praise him with her musical abilities. And after her accident, she went to live with a family of 10 and they were unconverted. And she prayed, Lord, give me all the members of this house for your glory. And the night that the last member of the household accepted Jesus, she went up to her room with great joy and gratitude. And then she wrote, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful, Lord, to thee. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite will I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart 
It is thine own. It shall be your royal throne. Undoubtedly, Francis had a profound conversion and had experienced the connection between the head and the heart and then the hand. Friends, two questions still remain today. What do you have in your hand? And are you willing to release it? I believe the Lord is whispering those two questions in our ears today. Calling you out by name saying, John, Mary, Scott, Joey, what do you have in your hand? And do you love me and trust me enough to release it to me today? When we become members of the church, we make a vow, we enter a covenant with God and the church that we will support the church with our prayers, with our presence, with our financial gifts, and our services. Next Sunday, November the 20th, we will have an opportunity to renew that vow to the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to prayerfully consider your commitment to Christ and to his church. When we joyfully release what we have in our hand and are faithful in the little, the Lord promises that he will increase what we have and he will reward us. Whatever it is, that you have in your hand. You are the only one who can release it. Your spouse, your brother, your sister, your neighbor cannot do that for you. You are the only one who can do it. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for Moses' life. Like him, so many of us sometimes doubt and wonder who you are or what you are capable of doing. Forgive us for the times that we have not trusted you or obeyed you. Like Moses ended up obeying you and a whole nation was rescued. We, we, we want to be like him. For you are a great God. You are a mighty God. A covenant-keeping God. And you always keep your promises. Forgive us for the times that we have shortchanged you. That you have asked us for what we have in our hand.
and we have neglected to give it to you. Touch our hearts today, O oh Lord Jesus. Convict us, Holy Spirit. And as we pray and meditate throughout this week, as, as we do a, a heart inventory, help us to willingly surrender our lives to you. Every area, including our finances. Help us, Holy Spirit, to trust and obey the greatness of the Lord who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. This we pray in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen.